Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week we're going to get a little bit twisted. Um, can the mob get involved? The mom? The mob. Oh, the mob. The mafia. The mafia. Yeah, I mean, things do get kind of twisted when uh, the mafia gets involved. Same thing when you cook dough. Dough can get very twisted when you uh, have the mafia involved. <laughs> And then you sprinkle uh, a little bit of uh, salt on it, maybe some cinnamon, sugar, butter. dip it in some cheese, butter. Yeah, there's a lot of good things to enhance the flavor of a pretzel. Honestly, pretzels with the salt is good. I like the crunchier stuff. I'm not a big fan of the soft pretzels. I mean, I definitely do love... I think my favorite type of pretzel are the uh, sticks. The pre- the big-ass pretzel sticks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, like, the problem with soft pretzels is if you don't eat them when they're fresh, they tend to get, like, harder. Yeah, it was kind of hard to get Elliot. Elliot does not like the salt, but we were at uh, a... We were at a... Was it the Brewers game, I think? Where yeah, we had, were uh, at the Brewers game. Yep, and he had the uh, cinnamon, the cinnamon pretzel. That was a good pretzel. Yes, decent, decent pretzel. I never was a big fan of the cinnamon on the pretzel, but that was pretty good. Marge, though, Marge is all about the uh, the salted, salted yes. pretzels. Yes, and uh, yeah. So let let's open up the pretzel wagon and mm-hmm. uh, sell a few pretzels. So uh, this week we are discussing season eight, episode eleven, the twisted world of Marge Simpson. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty damn twisted. Yeah, she she makes pretzels, and her business gets uh, a little bit uh, rough around yeah. the edges. In many ways, in many ways, Marge's uh, <laughs> business gets uh, tangled up and and twisted inside. Uh, this aired January nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, and our recap. Marge starts a pretzel franchise, but her attempts are thwarted by a group of women. Hmm. I mean, I don't, I mean, no. at the beginning, but overall, I don't think they were the cause of Marge's failures of making pretzels and selling them. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say this is the greatest recap they've had. No, first part, first part's right. Second yeah. part's a little uh, not so, not so good. Yeah. Um, chalkboard this week. I am not licensed to do anything. Like, so don't do anything. Right. But Bart did stuff, and now he's uh, that he wasn't licensed to do. What? What did he do? 
Did you talk about Star Wars? I feel like you talked no. about Star Wars. Why do you need a license to talk about Star Wars? Okay, act out Star Wars. I don't know. Draw Star Wars. He did something. Why does it have to be Star Wars? Plus, Disney owns Star Wars and The Simpsons, so that doesn't make sense. No, not when this was written. Not when this episode aired. He wasn't licensed to do those things back then. Now he can. Now he's in Star Wars and Marvel and a lot of other (laughs) things. I'm assuming when they say I'm not licensed to do anything, I think it references this episode. Uh, okay. Alright. Um, the couch gag this week. The living room couch forms a whack-a-mole game. Classy. Carnival yeah. music uh, plays. It's like do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I think it's the same song that played in the Homer Joins the Clown College one. Where he's sitting at the ta- the table and the family's you know staring at him make the the I mean, it's carnival music yeah it's that same song and uh, you know Simpsons heads pop out of different holes and a dial and mallet, mallet attempts to hit them succeeding only in hitting Homer on the head yeah Homer is the only one to get hit by the yeah. whack a mole yep because he's so, horrible at whack a mole yeah or he's horrible so, at being a mole so this episode's Starts out at the Municipal House of Pancakes. It's not <laughs> the, the International House of Pancakes. It's the Municipal House of Pancakes. So that's local? Yes. Okay. Like mean, so, like Municipal Court is usually like local. The local House of Pancakes. <laughs> yes. That doesn't have as good of a ring to it as the Municipal House of Pancakes. Yeah. So uh, we see the Investorettes. Uh, it is a women, a group of women, which include Edna, Maud. Marge, Helen Lovejoy, Agnes Skinner, and Luann. Well, Luann has to do something now. She doesn't have Kirk tying her down. <laughs> well, she also needs money. That too, yes. <laughs> she, yeah, I don't, well, I don't know. She never, did she ever have a job with uh, Kirk around? Or did her father just kind of give her some money because he owned the Cracker Factory? Probably that second thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but now she needs to earn a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the episode starts with actual conversation where Agnes says <laughs> uh, the pancakes are bad. I just love that. Like it's <laughs> well, it reminded me, and I don't know if the, I don't see any cultural reference behind it, but it almost reminded me of the opening scene to Reservoir Dogs, like where they're sitting at around the the, t- yeah. the booth at the beginning of the beginning of the movie, and it literally opens in conversation like it's yeah i mean know, it's, it's pretty similar to reservoir dogs maybe maybe they were tying into Re- reservoir dogs yeah um and so helen's talking to the group about how their profits are up and she's like oh how about investing in new ventures and and is like oh oh how about oaklasoft it's oklahoma's <laughs> fastest growing software company and Maud's like um cushions Everybody likes to sit on cushions. And Agnes is like, children are so fat today. Isn't there some way we can make money off of that? (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, Edna had a great idea in investing in a software company. Because that's early on. I mean, that's mid-90s. Like, that's when software companies are, like, blowing up. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, you know, super late 90s. Like, computers are just starting to get into homes perfect time to, to invest into a startup company for software um mod 
Um, do, do does anybody really need to invest in cushions? Like, don't no, they just come with couches? They do. I mean, furniture companies now if it was pillows that go on couches, maybe, but mm. not that. And I think Agnes is talking about a restaurant or like a bakery. Yeah, because she's yeah. talking about fat kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, it, and so Helen says there is a franchise fair coming up and suggests buying a business, which kind of goes with Agnes's idea of fattening up children more. And yep. Marge, you know, she's not sure, and she's like, "I'm not wild about these high risk ventures. They sound <laughs> a little risky." Yes. <laughs> yes, they are, Marge. That is how investing works. Yep. You win some, you lose some. Um, so Mon calls Marge a wet blanket. And Edna was like, well, if we listen to you, then we wouldn't have sponsored that Mexican wrestler who goes by the name of El Bombastico. <laughs> the bomb- Bombast? Yeah. Um. And so Agnes points out that Marge shares in all the profits, but she doesn't, like, put in any money, which I don't know how that's even possible in an investor group. If you're not putting it in money, you shouldn't be sharing in the the wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And so Marge is like, well, I'm not comfortable with the idea of investing, quote unquote. (laughs) Um, Then why are you in a group called the Investorettes? Yeah, I don't know why she decided to join this club it seems like and why would they not... let her join if she's not going in to invest no she did well she did invest i mean she but put she her hasn't money done in anything with the money no not yet but she put money into the pot yeah so luann tells marge she can't keep up with the go-go 90s and <laughs> helen's like well marge you're about as popular as rugburn all in favor expelling Marge from the investorettes. And Marge is kicked out of the group. Nobody wants her there. Which, again, why is she there in the first place if she's not going to invest well, the money? Wasn't that the whole gossip group? I can't yes. remember what episode it was where they're all in the salon doing their gossip thing. But, yeah. I mean, they all seem to be friends in that episode. So I guess it's not too yeah. much of a long shot that she'd, you know, join but in. Why, but why... But she's not investing in anything. Why even be a part of it? Yeah, she gave the money to join, but like that's investing. Why didn't they take the five hundred and ha- like put it into stuff for her? I, well, they I, did. They invested in the the bombastico. Yeah, but Marge. It sounds like Marge hasn't invested in anything. No, I think the pool of money. So if everyone put five hundred dollars into the pool. All that yeah. money goes to an investment. You don't choose where your 500 goes. Yeah. Your, the group decides where the 500 goes. I don't know. It just seems stupid. So Marge tells Helen if she is not wanted, she will leave. And <laughs> Helen says Helen says Marge will get her pancakes in the mail. <laughs> like, what? So she couldn't stay and eat breakfast? I and guess they were gonna. Not. They're like, hey, you know what? You're out. No, no pancakes for you. We'll put him in the mail. Um, so now Marge goes home and explains to the family that she was kicked out of the group and that she got her $500 back and they show the check. Yes. Now the check is dated December 1st, 1996. So she's only been in the club. Well, I mean, this episode was 
97. 97. Well, one month. So she's basically been in the club for a month and a half. Maybe. Well, here's the thing. No, no, no. Because it's not actually her check. The check was written out to her, which means the date on that check is that day. That is why I pointed it out, because we're going to get into... There, there was something in this episode I wanted to bring up the check number. Oh, or okay. The check date. So, okay. yeah, because it, it is it is to March Simpson. Are you saying that it's the middle of winter? There's baseball going on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now, now, now there could be, there could be, uh, so, yeah, so there could have been a time lapse. I mean, we do see a montage of Marge baking pretzels, but I feel like well, that's just only. a day's worth. But not only that, we don't exactly know when the the expo starts. Next week. Oh, was it literally a week later? Yeah, it says, uh, hold on, I wrote it down. Um, uh, There's a franchise fair coming up. Okay, they said coming up. I thought it was like in a week. I mean, it seems like the very next day. I know, it could have been spring, I mean, I don't know, could have been spring, because, you know... (laughs) I mean, maybe. Usually when you say something's coming up, it's like a month or two away. Usually. No, no, no. The Twin Cities Con is coming up. In November. That's <laughs> exactly. not coming up. That's coming up. It'll be here not... before you... Have you ever heard the phrase, it'll be here before you know it? So, I mean, yes. There could have been a time lapse. <laughs> there probably was a time lapse. Or maybe they just live in, like... Phoenix, Arizona, where it doesn't fucking snow. Or that. Well, no, we know it snows, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marge finishes telling Homer and the kids, you know, that she got her $500 back and kicked out of the club. And Homer tells Marge to wait. Wait, 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 wait. He's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when are the pancakes coming? Because <laughs> that's all Homer thinks about is food. Why did Marge even tell him about the pancakes? I don't know. I would have been like, I got 500 bucks. Good enough. Yeah. So I don't know why she'd be like, yeah, and my pancakes are in the mail. <laughs> why are they? Would you even eat them? Homer <gasps> would, I guess. Homer would. Yeah, I don't know who would eat uh, mail pancakes. But, uh, Homer. you know, yeah. So Marge says it's probably for the best, which probably is. Yeah. And Homer asks Marge why she needs to make money. Uh, because as long as Homer has his earning power, they have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and then Homer sticks a hot dog straight in his eye. I get oh. the joke. I get the joke, but it's just stupid. <laughs> it's like, Marge, call work. Tell him I won't be there tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think one day is going to hurt the Simpsons. No, but man, that hot dog must have really poked him in the eye. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa tells Marge not to be conservative and, you know, roll the dice. Because, you know, Lisa kind of, I, I think the whole point, though, and it was never really, I guess, discussed in the, within the episode, but obviously a women's movement, women becoming leaders of their own businesses and yada, yada, yada. But I think that's kind of where Lisa is here, too. She's like, you know what, Mom? You might not be doing that, but you you could still run your own company, your own business, your own franchise. I think, I think Lisa was just telling Marge not to be conservative. I have I, it has nothing to do with women empowerment. I I think it does. I mean no, that's no yeah. Not in ninety seven it doesn't. No? I mean maybe no. uh, Simpsons is progressive, man. You don't know. Plus a woman wrote this episode, so did she? Yeah. Oh she did. Uh, Alright, yeah. well 
Maybe. Come on. Yeah. I know where I'm going. All right. So uh, Marge says it'd be nice to beat women at their own game. No, no, no. Beat the women at their own <laughs> sure. game. Yeah, all women at their own game. And maybe she, well, she was higher. She was, she was specifically talking <laughs> about the group that kicked her out. Yep. And she's like, maybe I should buy my own franchise. So they're going to the Franchise Expo, where you can make your non-sexual dream come true. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know why that. Unless why uh, is that the tagline? I unless the latest uh, franchise expos were all about the porn industry. I, maybe I starting don't know. Your, starting your own porn uh, video company. It's not that hard. You just need a video camera and some willing participants. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so the Simpsons are greeted by a robot, and the robot is looks a lot like the Lost in Space robot. Yeah, he was yeah. like, because he's like, uh, help me, help me, la, 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 la. you can get in. But, you know, the robot's blocking the way and kind of going over his kind of pitch to go into yeah. the expo. And part's like, why they're there. <laughs> yes. And uh, it wasn't, was it Marge? It was like, come on in. It's like, we would, but you're in the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Bart, uh, you know, he was like, I'll handle the robot. And he dumps soda on it, causing the robot to malfunction. <laughs> yeah, dumbass it's robot. It's a good way to stop a robot. Yep. Pour liquid on it. That's right. And so the Simpsons walk in, and the first speaker, um, apparently just inside the expo, <laughs> stages are lined up from as soon as you get in. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, Royce McCutcheon. And he's like, well... That's the miracle of the franchise. You get all the equipment and know-how you need, plus a familiar brand name people trust. You'll be on a rocket ride to the moon. And while you're there, you uh, would you pick up some of that nice green moon money for me, Royce McCutcheon? And uh, Homer's like, no deal, McCutcheon. That moon money is mine. <laughs> Oh man! I don't know what um, this business was for, but it sounded like a pyramid scheme. Pro- well, not necessarily, because I mean, there are there are. I mean, look, a lot of. I mean, granted, a lot of food carts are locally owned food carts. I don't think the whole thing was like, food, though. The whole thing's not just food; it's just business in yeah. general. But like, the thing is, like, especially like, usually it's restaurants that franchise out. I don't think there's like stores those are corporate owned but like i feel like yeah there might have been businesses but like most franchises are fast food yeah they're restaurants of some kind yeah and so the next booth is picture perfect so i don't i think these are just businesses like i don't know i mean maybe this is kind of a franchise i guess in your own town but there are two pictures hanging the cricket picture has a clown frowning and the non-crooked picture has a happy clown face. Yeah, because it it's not crooked. Because it's not crooked, yep. Yeah. And the Picture Perfect guy says, 40% of America's pictures are crooked. <gasps> and and I, yeah, I have to agree with them. I'd say about 40% of my picture frames in my house are crooked. You know, 83% of statistics are made up. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure <laughs> the Simpsons did their research before saying that. Yeah. But no, no, no. I I would say forty percent of my uh, picture frames are definitely not not level. Okay. I might need this guy. I might have to hire him. 
So the picture for every guy says pictures won't get fixed by themselves. <laughs> True. And yeah. Marge calls the guy crazy. And he goes on to a sale pitch that says, you get straightening gloves, wall lubricant, and a book of common questions <laughs> you will get asked like, who are you? And what are you doing here? So why would you why would you need lubricant for a, a, a picture frame? You don't want it sliding everywhere. Well, I think that's more to help it slide. Like you put a little bit on the wall and it helps slide the picture frame in the right direction. What? But no, do you know how to hang a picture frame? Yes, you you hang it and then you push it on the side to get it level. Exactly. You don't even need. Uh, this, this is clearly a pyramid scheme. No, no, no. The questions you're you asked is, who are you? What are you doing here? So you're basically walking into people's homes to fix their picture frames without even getting hired, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, like, okay, so like you're breaking your, your and entering. Is, yeah, your job is basically to walk around and look <laughs> in people's windows and notice if their picture frames are, are straight or not. Yes. Yep. And so Marge gets frustrated and doesn't want to own a business. And doesn't know why she even came to the expo in the first place. I mean, have you ever, I've always wanted, I mean, the podcast, I wouldn't call our podcast a business. I mean, obviously I think we thought maybe we'd start making money, but I don't think that's really the point. Uh, It's more just for fun. But I always ever, every once in a while, I come up with an idea. I'm like, I could do that as a business. I could do that. Or I remember uh, next door neighbor, Ryan. Yeah. uh, His dad had the window washing business. And I helped, you know, I helped a few times. And I'm like, man, this is easy. Just go to Home Depot, buy a ladder, buy some buckets. Buy... I could call up companies and tell them I can wash windows. Right. Like, it's funny. It's, it, and it always, and I never obviously follow through with anything, but it always seems like a need. It's always you yeah. see a need. And it's funny. Like, when I got kind of got fr- frustrated with Best Buy and Geek Squad, I was like, well, shit, I could do this. And I actually almost signed up for uh, TaskRabbit. To start my uh, own quote unquote business of home theater install. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I mean, our, you know, we've talked on the show before where our grandfather ran his own liquor distribution business. And, yep. and we've talked before that if it was still around when we were like high school, college age, we probably would have worked for the family business um, and probably would be running it if, you know, we never sold it. But, yep. I mean, I've always, like, because I love Shark Tank. I think it's a, yeah. a great show. And most, like, what you see on the, uh, like, what you see on screen is what you get. Now, a lot of those people go on there basically for free advertising. And not all the deals that you see end up being true in the end. Um, some of them are. But, like, I've always been, like... Well, if I can just invent that one thing yes. and sell it yep. and just like, yep. I remember like, God, it must've been like 10, 15 years ago. This like, I don't know, it was like a 12 year old came up with like, it was just a small piece of plastic for like a lawnmower. Are you for, talking like, about safety. the stupid fidget spinner? No, 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 no. It was for a no. lawnmower. <laughs> okay. And it was just like a piece of plastic that you put on the lawnmower and it's supposed to make it safer or something. And like. And that kid was like paid thousands of dollars for it. I'm like, yeah. well, that's I. I want to invent something. Like literally, I, I was looking. I was looking at my dishwasher and I was looking at my sink and I'm like, <laughs> can I make something where I could just put stuff in the sink and it'll load the dishwasher for me? Sure. 
I mean, that'd be something. But it's funny. Anyone can, like, anyone with an idea and the drive. I mean, the best yeah. example, obviously, our friends Chris and Heather from the Gasol Cast yeah. came up with their own Mischief Toys company. I yeah. mean, I've listened to their first couple episodes of their podcast where they kind of talk about the start of the company. And I'm like, I mean, that it's just you come up with something, you go out there and you fucking do it. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Marge is frustrated. She's, she's, she's basically done with it. And, you know, Marge turns around and runs into the investorettes. Yeah. And she says hi to Helen and Edna. But she forgets uh, Agnes's name. Like she will, but she was the she was. I think she was the worst of the bunch. Anyways, yeah. I think she obviously did it on purpose. She's like, you know my name. It's Agnes. It means lamb, lamb of God. And then Marge just completely ignores Maud. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're neighbors, man. I don't know how much she can just ignore. Yeah, well, I mean, do you really um, need to talk to somebody if you see him all the time? Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously, yeah, she's upset that she sees them. And, but now we cut over to Disco Stews. Can't stop the learning disco academies. Uh, so he has his own business. So now is this like a job fair now? Like, I I don't know. I I don't know if he's opening up a ton of disco stew franchises. Like, is he there to hire people that want to dance the disco or what? I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it's like a job fair. Fran- I don't know. But Homer is at Disco Stew's booth. And yep. Stu tells Homer that disco sales were up 400% at the end of 1976. And if those projections keep going up, then Eee. <laughs> like the so apparently Disco Stew is delusional and doesn't know what year it is. <laughs> Dis- uh, disco is dead. It's been 20 years to this point. Well, 21 now. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Stu, Stu puts his feet up on his desk and Homer points out that the fish and Stu's shoes are dead. Stu's like, yeah, I know, but I can't get them out. <laughs> oh, I mean, throw out your shoes? shoes? Get new ones? I don't know. That don't have fish in them? How There's the got to be like a screw there to... or something. Yeah, how did the fish get in there in the first place? Yeah, there has to be like a like, screw. And if there's like, and if they're like welded in, those fish died because you couldn't feed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. So now we see the investorettes go to Flita Pita, um, and Helen isn't sure about food from the Middle East because that area is a little iffy. Which that's kind of racist. Well, I mean, in 96, okay, I wasn't quite going to, or in 97, I wasn't going to Israel yet. I went to Israel in 99. Was it 99 Uh, or 98? 99. Okay. So, but that was like the last year anyone got to, I mean, 97, 99, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the area, I mean, I don't know if they meant iffy as, as a racist thing or as iffy (laughs) as a, okay. Like there's a lot of conflict going on. Yeah. That could have been it too. So I love, so there's a place in Madison called uh, Pita Pit. They have yeah. great, great pitas. Um, yeah, I like I like a good pita. We have a Middle Eastern yeah. uh, shop around here that's I love, some pretty I love good pitas. I love a pitas. good falafel. Yeah, I love a good falafel. It's funny. And the first time I had falafel was in Israel. You never had it at Is, camp? I don't, did we? I honestly oh, don't we remember. Did. Well, did I we? did. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever. Did. I don't think I ever did. Oh man, it was good. So the 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 women talked to uh, one of the people running the fleet of pita booth, and the woman's like, "Well, 
well, let's let's get rid of all these words that nobody knows. Falafel <laughs> equals crunch patties, which, yeah, I guess. Uh, tahini is flavor sauce, okay? And pita is pocket bread, which is actually true. That's all pita is, yep. it's the pocket yeah. bread. Um, but I also, yeah. I, I honestly don't remember much in the way of, like, I mean, it's not, well, I guess because we're Jewish, we saw it a lot. But as far as like restaurants and food within restaurants are concerned, I don't think we saw a lot of that stuff in the 90s. No. Especially when we're seeing. I mean, we grew up in oh, God, no. fucking tiny nowhere town. So. Yeah. Okay. Racine was like, had almost 90,000 people. <laughs> sure. But it's <laughs> middle. Of, I mean, not really middle of nowhere of Wisconsin. It's not middle but... of nowhere. Plus we were like 30 minutes away from Milwaukee. Yeah, but I still don't think we had a single one of those oh, restaurants. God, no, re- no rest, uh, Racine, I think the most ethnic thing we had in Racine was Chinese food. Yeah. Maybe so think, we might have had an Indian restaurant, but... I don't know. I honestly don't know, it. yeah. Like, nowadays, man, nowadays, like, downtown has all sorts of restaurants. Well, I know. Well, anywhere. Anywhere you go. Yeah. Like, the, the, like, I always said it, like, I would say 2010, maybe, is when it kind of started. Where I yeah. just saw every restaurant of all kinds popping up anywhere. Everything from vegan to Middle Eastern to Vietnamese to, to fucking everything. Except for Green Bay. Green Bay, the most exotic restaurant we have here is an Indian restaurant. Actually, I think we have two Indian restaurants. But that's it. We don't have, like, a Korean joint. We don't have, like... I guess we have, like, a Chef Fusion place. I it, We don't really have good food here in Green Bay. Um... And so the lady gives Helen one of the pitas, and Helen likes it. Uh, the pita that the pita sandwich that the lady gives Helen is called the Ben Franklin. <laughs> and I love that the chef comes out and he starts telling them what is actually in it, and it's not like like real. It didn't sound like real ingredients. I don't really remember what he said, but like the lady's like, "Oh, that's just Christopher." But he's like talking in a Middle Eastern accent of like yep. talking now, like the language. Yep. So now the Fleet of Pita chef was actually an early version of the Hakalash man from the city uh, of New York versus Homer Simpson. Kakalash. Get your kakalash. Yep. Mountain Dew. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Marge watches the investorettes eating the pita sandwiches and she's like, look at them. They've jumped on the one franchise I might possibly have considered thinking about becoming interested in. (laughs) Okay. And so Marge is like, I'm not cut out for the world of business. And we get Frank Orman, who goes, oh, you sound like me. Well, (laughs) the old me, which was, ironically, the young me. (laughs) And so Frank continues to talk to Marge. He's like, here, try this, and gives her a pretzel. And she's like, hmm, that's not bad. And and Frank's like, yeah, it's not bread. Not bread. <laughs> I get uh, it. Yeah, uh, funny man, you're the funny man. <laughs> Tell me a joke, funny man. Um, that, is, that is completely way <laughs> off what this is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the woman from Fleet of Pita announces uh, the investorettes are investing in a fleet of pita franchise. And she's like, Agnes, Helen, Maude, Bart. And Bart's <laughs> like, yeah, we're number one. And then he's escorted away by security. <laughs> How did Bart even get on the 
I don't know the the index card for what I, she was reading off. He probably like wrote his name down so he could oh, jump okay. through. Uh, oh, I so like Mar- I like it. before you before you continue. I want to touch on something. Has Marge never had a pretzel in her life? It's like she was trying a pretzel <laughs> for the first time at the pretzel wagon. Uh, I guess <laughs> that's not bad. You mean the pretzels that have been around since the turn of the century? I. Or longer? I, mean, I don't know. Well, or she could have just been like, oh, that's not a bad pretzel. Oh, okay. Um, and so Marge asks Frank how much to get a pretzel franchise, and it's $500! Oh, look at that! Didn't how, she just get $500 back? Oh, how convenient. How convenient. convenient. Yeah. Uh, so she buys a franchise and asks, where do I start and what is my territory? <laughs> and so... He's like, so Frank Orman goes, wherever a young mother is ignorant of what to feed her baby, you'll be there. Wherever (laughs) nacho penetration is less than total, you'll be there. Wherever a Bavarian is not quite full, you will be there. Now that (laughs) is a parody from Tom Jones' speech in The Grapes of Wrath from 1940. Nice. I love it. I like it. I like it. Uh, And so Marge is like, Let's not forget fat people, because they can't <laughs> stop eating. Oh, and who walks by? Homer, and he starts eating pretzels. Yep. Oh, God. So, now we see Marge uh, has a VHS tape of, uh, like, how to start for the pretzel wagon. And Frank Orman uh, pops on screen, who we haven't mentioned yet, is voiced by Jack Lemon. Uh, yep. And he tells Marge, if she is watching the video, she has pretzel fever. And not the kind that attacked Frank's intestines. Yeah. Oh, one fun <laughs> fact. Lemon's portrayal of Frank Osmond is actually based on the character Shelley Levine from the Glen Gary Glenn Ross show. Oh. It's also Orman, not Osmond. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, read, I read it as Osmond. Yeah, it's uh but yeah, it's uh he was also played by Lemon. So he basically yeah. he played his own character. <laughs> in the Simpson episode. Yes. Um, so um Marge sets up an office in the garage because that's the first thing Frank said yep. to do. Is you know, set up an office. Not a good idea for starting a business. And so she hangs up a poster of a cat that says, Hang in there, baby. It's a good good uh classic uh poster. And Homer and Bart are folding up a ping pong table they had in the garage. I didn't know they had a ping pong table. Yeah. Maybe they did. Was that in the basement at one point? Can't remember. Maybe. And so Homer closes the garage on Flanders because following Frank's instructions of having an automatic garage door <laughs> to make it feel more, was it more futuristic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Frank's next step is to blanket the community with flyers. So Marge and Bart throw flyers from the rooftop. Well, Homer drives Lisa down the street like a parade for welcoming home a space girl. Yeah. Because Lisa's wearing a space helmet. And uh, and obviously they did this to avoid littering laws by yeah. having a, a fake parade. <laughs> but wouldn't they have had to spend money to advertise said fake parade? I feel like that I seems mean, like a lot of extra effort. Eh, not, not in a small town like Springfield. No. I mean, is it not, is it considered littering to put these flyers in car windows and 
in people's mailboxes and I mean I guess littering is faster. You just throw them off yeah. the building. Yes. But there's a lot of work involved getting a parade uh parade involved. But I love how Wiggum Wiggum's there's like, Welcome <laughs> back, space girl. And he sheds a tear for Yeah. Alright. So next, after all this uh building up your, your uh reputation, um now we're going to make those pretzels that we should have started making, you know, yeah, months months ago. Um, so Frank opens up his ingredients bag on the tape and uh, has a bunch of millipedes uh, roaming around in the bag. He's like, he's <laughs> like, check your bag for uh, ugh, millipedes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm trying to remember if I've ever opened a bag of anything. I think I've opened a bag of flour and found bugs in it once. Oh, gross. Yeah. I guess, I guess bugs can be attracted to like flour and grain and stuff. So don't keep it, keep it in a dry place. That's the best thing I can say. If you get moisture involved, that's when those bugs are going to start showing up. Yeah. And so we see Marge bakes a lot of pretzels because she has to get her uh, recipe and her timing and got to get that, that just right. Yeah. And so Homer, because he's a food <laughs> fanatic, takes a sign to a hard hat that he's wearing that says official pretzel inspector. He also made so, a little paper one on his shirt, too. Oh, did he? I missed yeah. that. Yeah. And so Homer inspects the pretzel and, you know, gives it a thumbs up. And uh, Bart and Lisa are extremely happy about it. Now, yeah. now, there was actually a uh, scene where when Homer was expecting the pretzels, there was an originally a shot where he gave a thumbs down to Maggie's pretzel. Oh. Uh, Cause Maggie made her own pretzel. And I'm like, that's kind of mean. That's probably like, why I, they didn't leave I, it in there. I feel like Kilmer shouldn't be uh, saying his daughter, youngest daughter can't make pretzels. Um, and so Marge drives her station wagon with a giant pretzel on top of top of it to the power plant. It's a good place to start. And, uh, you know, Bart and Lisa are with her. So this yeah, is so, probably... So, so remember the check date. So, like, is this a weekend? It can't be a weekend, right? Because Homer's at work. He usually I think works. it's spring now. I think she's, like, been publicizing and getting her franchise ready for a couple of months. You just don't open up a business overnight. Okay, so is this spring break to, then? I think spring break. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, guess look, they're going to the plant. Well, Homer works on weekends sometimes. I highly doubt this way. Plus, well, yes, it does take a a while to open up a business. If you're opening up a food truck, I don't think it takes more than a couple of months, especially if you've already, I mean, obviously, Marge hasn't had this plan. We don't know what Springfield's laws are. Um, And so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I wish we had seen, like, something <laughs> to show that time had passed. Yeah, I mean, there was never snow. We never saw, like, snow outside. or I mean, something like no. that might have been helpful. Just a yes. shot of that. Like, because even going into the Municipal House of Pancakes, there wasn't, like, snow yeah. on the ground or anything. Like, something like that to show time would have passed Yeah, would be would probably be extremely helpful. Yes. Um, and so Homer uh, is uh, shilling for Marge as she pulls <laughs> up to the front of the power plant. And Homer's like, hey, what's that? 
commotion outside. Oh yeah, Mark is honking her horn. Yeah. Why it's one of those pretzel wagons the <laughs> movie stars are always talking about. <laughs> I don't I don't think the movie stars are always talking about that. Yeah. And Lenny's like, oh, here at our plant? And was like, that's right, Lenny. Let's all give it give into deliciousness. The pretzel wagon way. Now, now, one thing I did want to mention before I continue, the main plot of this episode concerning the two rival food snack franchises was selected because at the time of production, pita bread and pretzels were, quote unquote, becoming popular. I think pretzels have always been popular. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe baseball stadiums were starting to get pretzels. I don't remember much from the 90s. I was a kid. Yeah. So, so I don't know. But uh, Bart, Lisa, and Marge set up a folding table with pretzels, and the power plant employees come outside. And Lisa points out that worker that points out the workers, and Marge tells everyone to put on their hairnets, which is good. Yeah. And even Maggie puts on her hairnet, but obviously it's too small and just goes over her entire head. <laughs> I mean, protect it all. Might as well. Yeah. And so we see a line that uh, forms in front of Marge's table advertising pretzels for a dollar. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. I mean, you sell. Well, she how had, like, big are these pretzels? I mean, they look like baseball size. You know, the I'm sorry, baseball stadium size, like uh, Wetzel's pretzels size. That's or not. That's, that's way too Annie's. cheap. That's way too cheap for a pretzel. Marge's got to pump the, those numbers up. In the nineties, maybe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't remember what pretzels cost at Auntie Annie's in 1990 or 97. So, yeah, but, but I mean, I guess if you, I I don't know, I guess how much does the ingredients cost? If all the ingredients for like, let's say your 300 pretzels are 50 bucks and you make 300 pretzels, you're making a profit of $250, I guess, minus gas, but she doesn't have to pay employees that they're kids. Yeah. There's not much overhead besides, I mean, I guess gas to drive around. Yeah. Maybe. Well, no, plus you're cooking them, which means you're using electricity in your home. Yeah. Or gas. I yeah. I guess maybe maybe she should bump it up a little bit. But it doesn't seem like she's uh, giving out, like, uh, cheese to dip it in or anything. I think it's, like, straight up pretzels. And uh, so uh, Marge's like, welcome to the pretzel wagon. May I take your order? And Lenny's like, uh, let's see. I'll have, uh, one, uh, and Carl behind him's like, hey, hurry up. I want to get my pretzel. One pretzel. Marge <laughs> is like, thank you. And then Carl walks up. Uh, let's see. Um, I will have one of your, uh, and Burns is behind Carl. <laughs> Come on, come on, while we're young. <laughs> now, like, why would Marge you even ask you what your... <laughs> why would you even ask what your order is? You'd be like, how many pretzels would you like? That's what she should ask. How many? Yeah. I mean, have you ever behind, been, been behind one of those jerks in a line at, like, a restaurant? Like, I'm saying, like, a McDonald's or, you know, pretzels. Uh, like, I'm sure we all have. Like, those guys are the worst. Like, come on! Make your order. I I know what I want. You know what's funny though? I've actually gotten to a point at some restaurants where the line is like two, three, four people deep, and the people are literally taking forever in the front of the line. 
and I order it on my phone and just wait, because now you can do that these days. Yeah. I've actually done that one time in a Burger King line where I'm sitting in line and the line's like four, three, four cars deep. And I'm like, this idiot's taking forever. So I go on my phone, place my order on the phone. And then when I get up to the speaker box, yeah, I place the phone on the app. Okay, pull ahead. <laughs> like, like, uh, it's crazy. Um, so the fleet of PETA rolls up playing Don't Stop by Fleetwood Mac. Cause uh it's a it's a party for Fleet of PETA. And it's I it's weird. I don't think anyone in the Fleet of PETA knows anyone that works at the power plant. This this we is don't where know that. Well, maybe. But I was gonna say this is where they're starting to become kind of jerks, like taking over Marge's territory. Even though the pretzel wagon guy said he really didn't have a have a territory. He's like yes. your territory's everywhere. Um and you know Lenny Lenny sees the van pulling up. It's like, wow, check out that van. It looks like it doesn't even need our business. <laughs> Cause they're rolling in dough, I guess. Yeah. All right. So Marge walks uh through the cl- crowd of power plant workers. And we actually saw Mindy. She was standing in the crowd. So apparently Mr. Burns just moved her to a different part of the plant. So she wouldn't uh, distract Homer. Yeah. She hasn't been fired yet. I thought she was fired or let go. uh, No, No? I I know there's a, I know in one of the episodes, uh, Homer explains that uh, Mindy, like, had an alcohol problem oh here we go uh mindy simmons is seen twice in this episode yeah so this is the first time we see her uh home uh, homer explains in the episode another simpsons cook show that she lost her oh. job at the plant after developing a drinking problem so either homer made up the mindy had a drinking problem story to get large off his back about her mindy got clean and sober after getting fired or the Mindy hit the bottle and lost her job story was a workplace rumor. I guess so, it must be a big must be a big power plant. Yeah. So Marge tells Edna that she had this spot first, and Edna says it's just business. She's like, ha. And Marge is like, well, I guess Macy's and Gimbel's learned to live side by side. Agnes <laughs> is like, Gimbel's is gone, Marge, long gone. <laughs> Your Gimbel's. <laughs> Exactly, because I don't know what the hell Gimbal's is. It's a it's a department store. Remember, clearly, Macy's, Macy's... I, I I got that, but it's never like I don't remember it being around. Yeah, because it's gone. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my joke. <laughs> that was the joke. God. Um, so instead of staying at the power plant, Marge tells Agnes there must be dozens of great locations in Springfield, and she's gonna find one. Well, yeah, go to the church, go to the quickie mart, go to. No, go I to can't the do the Town church. That's Hel- can't do the church. That's Helen Lovejoy's uh, <laughs> spot. Um, fine, go to the town square. Yeah. Um, and so Homer and Marge are driving around when they pass Cletus's house, and Cletus <laughs> stop. Cletus tells them to stop. He's like, "I want three hundred pretzels." Marge is like, "That'll be three hundred dollars." And Cletus says, "Hey, I don't think so." I got me 300 coupons. Marge says, I should have said limit one per customer. 
Clint's like, shoulda, <laughs> but dinna. So hands them over. And yep. so, oh, and I've so used that before. I read the fine print on coupons all the time to see if there's some sort of like loophole mistake. <laughs> yeah. So Cletus yells out to his kids, like, come on out here, kids. We're eating dinner tonight. And so he starts naming off his kids. Come out here, Tiffany, Heather, Cody, <laughs> Dylan, Dermot, Jordan, Taylor, Brittany, Wesley, Rumor, Scout, Cassidy, Zoe, Chloe, Max, Hunter. Chloe. I thought he said Chloe. No, Chloe. Chloe. Max, Hunter, Kendall, Caitlin, Noah, <laughs> Sasha, Morgan, Kira, Ian, Lauren, Cubert, and Phil. <laughs> uh, Cletus uh, has 26 kids. Yep. So, Rumor and Scout, two of Cletus's children, are named after Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's children. Uh, are we sure about that? Yeah. What's the source on that? Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's uh, children. I mean that that's that's the name. But of no, I'm kids. Yeah, I get that. But is that where the Simpsons got the names from for this episode? Yes, Google Google Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. You'll find their kids' names. Yes, I understand Bruce and Demi named their kids stupid fucking names. <laughs> what I'm asking is, did the Simpsons writers take those names? For this episode, or did they just use it themselves without looking at Demi Moore and Bruce Willis? No, they used it themselves. Um, also, uh, the children that come out are names that were all trending names in the nineties. So, like, they looked up like the the top uh, na- the top names wait, of the nineties. Wait, who the hell was naming their kids Cubert? <laughs> Some well, nineties was like the baby boomers, so. I mean, it's a dumbass name, but I'm sure they love playing fucking Cubert on the arcade machine. Uh, and so now Marge is sad because, you know, she didn't make any money. Yeah. I mean, she's the idiot that printed all those coupons. Yeah. So now uh, Marge is in her garage and she's like, you know, she's sad and she reads uh, her poster that says, hang in there, baby. Uh, but she notices some fine print. Um, <laughs> not really uh, fine the, print it's just the copyright yeah uh, copyright 1968 hmm determined or not that cat must that cat must be long dead that's kind of a downer <laughs> yeah it wasn't a picture of a real cat I mean I you guess you don't know maybe, that it could have been right? well okay to be fair it was it's an animated show so in Marge's reality it could have been a picture of a real cat hanging on a string. Yeah. But in all reality, it was an animated picture of a cat hanging on a string. So Lisa comes in to cheer up Marge and Lisa, you know, she's eating a pretzel and she's like, well, oh, these are, you know, really good pretzels. And she's like, you should find a big public event and set up shop there. Okay. That's a good idea. And so we go to Springfield war Memorial stadium where they're going to have free pretzel day. Dude, she oh, just I gave want... away 300 free pretzels to fucking Cletus. I don't think she has the capital to just give away more pretzels. But here's the thing. But okay, we'll get into that in a second. And so Marge and Homer are handing out free pretzels. And Marge is like, uh, 
uh, as she's handing them out, she's like, well, once you, you know, take a bite of a bite of them, you'll be hooked. So the whole point of the free giveaway is if they taste good, they're free. And they're like, they're going to go, oh, I want more. And they're going to place orders. I, yes, I know, but I don't know. So so Skinner thanks uh, Marge in English. He's like, thank you. And Bumblebee Man is like, gracias. And Homer tells Marge, that means thank you. Yeah. God. (laughs) So just as the fans are about to eat their pretzels, the announcers announce uh, the winner of a prize. And uh, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, a winner has been chosen for today's giveaway. And the 1997 Pontiac Astro Wagon goes to the fan sitting in seat number 0001, C. Montgomery Burns. And the Pontiac <laughs> Astro Wagon is not a real car. It's um, They took parts of different cars and put it together as one. Yep, but the it was designed to resemble the GM minivans on sale at the time. Yeah, uh, it appears to be a, a 1990 to 1996 Pontiac Transport minivan, Yep, uh, but not the 97 model. Uh, a redesigned Transport was introduced in for 1997. Obviously, uh, this was drawn and done before those yeah, cars were correct. even released. Yeah, so the name of the van is derived from several names within the General Motors company, the Chevrolet Astro van, and the Pontiac brand. Yep. And so, uh, so the fans boo Burns. I was saying boo Burns. Um, and Burns <laughs> drives Moleman off. At, I don't think Moleman was at the baseball no. game. No, because he died in the X-Files episode because he was left exactly. in the machine. <laughs> yep. uh, so Burns... Burns drives off in his new car, and the fans start throwing Marge's pretzels at Burns because, I mean, guess what? That's that's what's going to happen. Um, and Marge yells at people not to throw the pretzels, and, and they're not going to listen because yep. they're not. And so Hall of Famer Whitey Ford, who was still alive in 1997, believe it or not, uh, tries to go out onto the field to lead with the fans <laughs> And, like, the announcer's like, oh, and it looks like they've knocked Whitey Ford out with the pretzels. <laughs> um, and, unfortunately, Whitey Ford did pass away in 2020. Wow. 2020 so, is just an awful year. We should never talk uh, about it. Yep. So, the scene where baseball fans cause a riot by throwing pretzels at Mr. Burns is based on an incident where the Los Angeles Dodgers were forced to forfeit. Um, it happened on August 10th, 1995, when the fans threw per, uh, promotional baseballs onto the field to protest a bad call during the ninth <laughs> inning. Oh, God. And it only happens on free baseball day. Yeah. And so the announcers are like, this is a black day for baseball. <laughs> eh, is it? Eh, I don't think so. Uh, well, and so... Well, what, I think the worser day for baseball was, wasn't it like the free tomato day? Uh, was it, was it, wasn't dancing Homer? What episode, yeah. What episode was that where they throw like tomatoes? It was like free tomato day and they hurled him at like the Hitler guy from the, uh, the guy from the communist party. Yeah. I don't, I, it was like season four, I think three. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. So, so I think that was more of a black day for baseball than this one was. Neither one of them are black days for baseball. <laughs> People just threw shit on the field. It happens all the time. Oh, sure. 
and so the Simpsons go home and Bart tries to cheer up Marge and he's like, oh, cheer up, mom. You can't buy publicity like that. Thousands and thousands of people saw your pretzels injuring Whitey Ford. <laughs> and Homer's like, you can call them Whitey Whackers. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good, pretty good name. I, I have to admit that one. Uh, so Marge says she was wrong to have a dream. She says she was wrong as usual. And she's like, if you want, uh, she's like, Marge continues by saying, if you're not, if you are nothing special, why kid yourself? She sounds like Homer after, what was it? Bart's heir or not Bart's heir. It was the, the, uh, the quote where he's like, kids, you tried and you failed. The lesson here is never try. Don't try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of sounds like Homer. Yeah. She's basically taking a book out of a uh, page out of Homer's book. Um, but Lisa disagrees with Marge, but Marge tells the kids to aim low. So low that no one will care if you succeed. God, she just sounds like Homer. She, Yeah, I mean, she's, well, she's defeated. Come on, her business yeah. kind of crashed. Um, and Marge tells the, fam fa uh, tells the family dinner is in the oven. Um, if they want butter, it's under her face. <laughs> so is the pretzels in the oven or? Um, no, dinner. Yeah, is dinner pretzels? You... Like she just keeps making pretzels? Why would lots it be pretzels? Cause they've been making pretzels for days. That's all that. That's all they have ingredients for. They didn't go grocery shopping. You don't know that. Maybe. Um, and Homer, you know, gets a determined look on his face and drives over to see uh, Frank uh, Ormond. And uh, um, he's like, uh, "Where is it? Uh, there we go." Marge needs help, and God knows I'm not the man who can provide it, but I know who can. <laughs> yep the guy who uh started this whole thing and uh homer pulls up to frank's house and a lot of lawn ornaments out i mean nice a nice little house looks like a nice country house so and homer's they're not really lawn ornaments they're statuettes and bric-a-brac sure and homer says the pretzel man is doing pretty well for himself because he's a better pretzel salesman than marge's I guess. And Homer rings the bell and a woman dressed in black answers the door. And Homer asks to speak to Frank. And she points at uh, Frank's, Frank's in a coffin. Uh-oh. Frank died. And Homer then asks to speak to the executor of Frank's will. And the woman points to another gentleman also in a coffin. And she's like, they were in the same car. Eww. So, who takes over after that? Lawyers. <laughs> All right. Hopefully he had one and they weren't in the trunk. Um, and so Homer, obviously uh, dejected, goes to the first church of Springfield, which is open. It's good. It's <laughs> uh, not your. That's not the best uh, sign so far outside of the church. They've I, I would say they've had better, but uh, sure, let's go with open. And so Homer's in the church and in a suit. Um, and he starts by saying he never reached out, uh, this, per uh, this person before, but Marge is in her hour of need. And he continues saying, uh, your help can make all the difference in the world. And we're clearly, uh, led to believe that he's talking to God because mm -hmm. I mean, God can help, help out, but, well, he's uh, in a church. exactly. And then we hear a familiar voice say, okay. And that voice belongs to Fat Tony. 
and uh, Joe Montaigne's back. Yeah, it's not Phil Hart, not Phil Hartman anymore. Well, no, it was never Phil Hartman. Who was it? It was Castellaneta. Oh, Castellaneta. That's right. He did it for an episode. Um, he did it and... for like a few episodes. Oh, really? Was it a couple? I knew it was yeah. one. I didn't know it was a couple. Um, but Lo- Louis puts his arm around Homer and tells Fat Tony that the ad they put in the church bulletin would pay off. <laughs> I, I don't think Homer looked at the at the bulletin. Probably I think not. He just, I think he just showed up at the church to pray to God, Maybe. who was yeah. Fat Tony. I don't know. Yeah. Fat Tony was just there because obviously the the ad was what why they were waiting. But I personally yes. think Homer was there to talk to God. Maybe. Um, and so we uh, see Marge gets a call 530 in the morning and she says pretzel wagon is closed. But the person on the other line wants uh, 300 pretzels. Why is 300 pretzels like the go to <laughs> this episode? Cletus got 300 pretzels. <laughs> um uh, who else got 300 pretzels? This is the only other person that got 300 pretzels. Oh. You okay. just brought up the number 300 to do math and how much you oh, should sell them for. I guess that was my fault. Because 300 yes. was on my brain because of this episode. Um, and she tells the person to wait one second so she can write down the info. And it's for the Meat Packers Union Hall in New York. But where are where the hell is Springfield? <laughs> God damn it. Because <laughs> I don't think she's driving cross country to New York just to deliver three. No, pretzels. she said she would send them out. Oh well, I thought that meant she was delivering them. Who's the delivery team? UPS, <laughs> FedEx, USPS, I Amazon. Take your pick. I don't know. I feel like I guess I don't know how sending food through the mail works. I feel like you have to have some you sort of don't. to do that. No, well, no, no, you can't. No, because I've had a friend of mine, his wife sends me baked goods. Well, not anymore since they had their kid because she doesn't really bake anymore. But she used to send me baked goods through the mail. All right. I thought maybe because of like the whole anthrax scare and all the other random shit through the mail, something would come up where nah, sending you just put like... it in a box. No, you just put it in a box to clear there's food in here and off it's go. All right, cool. And so Marge, uh, quote unquote, wakes up Homer to tell her to tell him they're back in business. But Homer clearly knew that call was coming because he was kind of eyes wide open on that side of the bed. And Homer tells Marge he had a feeling things would work out for. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we see uh, Fat Tony and Louie uh, destroying Hans Moleman's hot dog cart. And this is from uh, The Lineman by uh, Sam Spence, is her. No, no, no. No, no, no. The Lineman, the song The Lineman by Sam Sam Spence is playing. It's not from The Lineman. That is the song. (laughs) Sure. Um, Also known as uh, Forearm Shiver. I didn't know that. And then The Lineman served as the theme music for NFL Films highlight videos in the 1960s. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um and so uh I got this, I got one more. This is a pretzel town pretty boy. Yeah. <laughs> um so the the scene in which uh, the Springfield Mafia destroys all the competition to the pretzel wagon is actually based on a scene from Goodfellas. Not shocking. What? I said not shocking. Yeah. Um, so we get a montage of, you know, all these, uh, uh, montage of Marge getting orders, uh, ready and 
making pretzels. Because she's got a lot of business to do now. Yeah. So uh, we see Louie goes to Luigi's because there's a sign out front that says they do delivery. And so Louie destroys a pizza, getting pizza sauce on some customers, like kind of like blood spatter. Yeah, that's like the whole Goodfellas <laughs> thing, I yeah. think. Yeah, and so then we see uh, the mob limo driving out to the county line <laughs> and letting <laughs> off some uh, Girl Scouts who are selling Girl Scout cookies because they're competition. Oh, yeah, they are. And so finally, the music kind of slows down. Marge goes to the elementary school. She goes to the cafeteria delivery entrance to deliver uh, boxes of pretzels to Skinner. And uh, she asks if he is sure the kids will get enough nutrition from these pretzels. And Skinner says, oh, yes, I am sure. Sure <laughs> as sure can be. Here is some money. And Marge notices that uh, one of Skinner's hands is bandaged up. And she's like, what happened to your fingers? And Skinner looks behind him and someone, you know, feeds him a line. And Skinner says, I believe it was a boating accident. <laughs> uh... and, then, and then we see a, a guided laser from a gun uh, pointed at Skinner's forehead. And Skinner's like, I have to go now. <laughs> Boy, the mob really uh, wants those pretzels to get around town. Oh, yeah. Smashing so, hands? Smashing hands just to get the pretzel? I mean, was Skinner really willing to put up a fight? No. I mean, he's dealt with the mafia before. Yeah, he, he wouldn't put up a fight. But there's, there's clearly, no I guess, clearly he did, though. Yeah, and so now we cut to the docks where a ship with garbanzo beans is stopped um, and, like, getting taped off by the police, and Helen asks Wiggum why they won't unload their falafel fixins. And Lou tells Helen the ship is impounded. And Wiggum's like, uh, yeah, we found uh, barnacles on the hull. And the deck was wet. Yes, it was sailing on the ocean, Wiggum. <laughs> well, that's the excuse I'm assuming the mob told him to say. Or it's Yeah. No, 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 no. Mob didn't have to tell him anything. Wiggum's just yeah. an idiot. That's true. So, well, I'm sure they still paid Wiggum to stop the ship. Oh, yeah, they paid him off for sure. Yeah, so Helen tells Wiggum that uh, this situation is crazy, and she asks Wiggum what uh, uh, what the men under her vein are doing, and uh, um, they're, they're putting explosives underneath your van. That's what they're doing. Because Wiggum's yeah. like, uh, I would get ready to leap in the air just like I'm preparing to do, and they, like, the <laughs> van explodes and they leap. Because they blew up the van. Uh, So, we cut to Homer at Moe's. Moe gives Homer a beer, as one does. And Moe's like, here you go, Homer. Homer's like, thanks, Moe. Homer hands Moe a $50 bill. And Moe's like, "Uh, Homer, you know your money is no good here. Hey, wait a minute. This is real money. (laughs) So what, has Homer been paying with Monopoly money? I don't know. Oh god! Or <laughs> or he like, has like fake fake money that looks real. Maybe because clearly clearly you're led to believe that Homer's kind of I don't know if it's more he's not in debt to the mob but like being run by the mob. So that I originally thought that that's where that line came from because like oh your money's no good here we we got you covered on on your alcohol. No. No, that line reads like Homer was giving Mo fake money. No, after, no, no, no. That, that it reads like that after Mo's line. Before Mo has that line, 
I think it was. I think it was the so you were supposed to think of it the other way around. No, because Homer gives them the the money. You're not supposed to think anything because you you should be paying for your bills. And then Mo says the line where he's saying your money is no good here because Homer gives Mo fake money all the time. And then he's like, "Oh wait, this is actually real money." Yeah, I don't know. So Homer tells Mo that Marge is raking in the money. And uh, so Homer goes to the bathroom and I'd like to point out Homer washed his hands. Yeah. Well, he was able to go to the bathroom because the whale's gone. Oh, no, the whale wasn't in the bathroom. It was like a storage closet. Oh, was it? Mark doesn't have a, well, I don't know. In the boxing (laughs) episode, well, they went in the women's room in the boxing episode. So that was uh, his Yeah. So Fat Tony is in the bathroom and he goes, greetings, Homer. Hey, Fat Tony, you still with the mafia? And Fat Tony's like, uh, yes, uh, I am. Thank you for asking. Now, Homer, as you no doubt recall, you were done a favor by our, uh, how shall we, I say, mafia crime syndicate. Homer's like, oh, yeah. Fat Tony continues, now the time has come for you to do us a favor. You mean the mob only did me a favor to get something in return? Oh, Fat Tony. I will say good day to you, sir. And Fat Tony is now ashamed. Like, he ha- ha- hangs his head in shame. He goes, okay, I will go. And so Fat Tony leaves the room and then suddenly stops outside in the alley and goes, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> that's so great. Oh, oh that's good. fantastic. I love it. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's great. So Marge uh, is now driving out in the middle of the desert. She's looking for 11905. Dead Weasel Road. It's clearly yep. a fake road. And so Marge is run off the road by Fat Tony. Yep. And uh Fat Tony tries to take Marge's car keys out, but uh <laughs> can't get him out of the ignition. Well, I don't know. I've had issues with our like van keys at work getting them out of the stupid ignition. It's like you gotta turn the wheel in a way and then move the I don't know. I there's have you ever had that issue in a in a car where you like can't get the keys out? Only because the steering wheel is locked into place. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That the Marge must have done that when she stopped. She must have like hit the steering wheel in a certain position, so the keys. Well, locked. no, because she's like she's like well, you got to jiggle them a little bit and push them in and then pull them out. Yeah. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to like push it in, turn the thing, and then they pop out. It's I don't know. It's a weird. I don't know why was it. Why would they even do that? Because probably you an were anti-theft gonna... thing. No, because if you if you were going to steal the car, the keys are locked into the ignition. Now it's easy to steal the car. I, I don't know <laughs> you, why. You actually like want to come up with a safety thing to not put the keys physically in the ignition. Or is that a thing too? Like if the keys are out of the ignition and your wheel no. is locked, can you not put the key in? You can put the key in. Oh, okay. I don't know. Seems weird. But yeah, Fat Tony asked Marge for help because he clearly wants those car keys. And Marge asks who they are. Marge knows who Fat Tony is. Bart worked for the mob for a while. Sure. She knows who Fat Tony is. (laughs) But uh, they say they are Marge's business partners. As such, they are entitled to some of Marge's business profits. Somewhere in the area of 100%. (laughs) That seems like a terrible business. Homer is a terrible business person. Yes, we know that. 
<laughs> and uh, Marge asks what Fantoni is talking about. And he tells Marge to have a conversation with Homer. And uh, it's like, you have 24 hours to give us our money. And to show you we're serious, you have 12 hours. <laughs> God, I love using I use that line. Not that exact line. Like I always tell someone, you have to the end of the day to give me my paperwork. And to show you I'm serious, you have two hours. <laughs> uh, Simpsons uh, quotes at work. They're great. I just love the fact that one of my coworkers has no idea. All he says to me is, that's from The Simpsons, isn't it? I'm like, yep. Yes, it is. So, yeah, Fat Tony tells uh, Marge as he's walking away, see you at 6 a.m. So, that's 12 hours from now she did it. She's yeah. out there in the middle of, middle of uh, well, not the middle of the night. The sun was kind of setting. Which is yeah, funny because that might, yeah, but that'd be funny. You'd think, well, if it was spring or, or summer now, that the sun would be setting at like 8 or 9 o'clock, not at 6 o'clock. So well, even it no, because in spring it it sets at six, does it? Yeah, roughly maybe. Yeah, okay. So uh, Marge confronts Homer. She's like, Homer, did you tell the mafia they could eliminate my competition with savage beatings and attempted murder? And I was like, in those words, yes. <laughs> so Homer <laughs> clearly told the mob how to do their job. Yeah. Um, and Marge's like. Oh, it just sickens me. How could you do this to someone you love? How could I not? I saw you pouring your heart and soul into this business and getting nowhere. I saw you desperately trying to cram one more salty treat into America's already bloated snack hole. So I did what I could. I did what any loving husband would do. I reached out to some violent mobsters. <laughs> Exactly. If you want your business to succeed, you reach out to mobsters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Marge understands that Homer was just trying to help, but it's her business, and the mafia isn't getting one cent of her money. Hey, sticking up for herself, not going to yeah. end well. Or maybe it does. We'll see. So Homer asks Marge what they're going to do, and Marge says, we're going to do what they always do every day. Make pretzels. I don't think they make pretzels every day. Nope, every day. Why do you think that's what they had? I told you that's what they had for dinner. They had pretzels. They had leftover pretzels. They didn't want them to go to waste. That's dinner. And if you wanted to butter your pretzels, the butter was under her face. Um, and uh, Marge and Homer wait around for Fat Tony. Because <laughs> clearly if the mob is after you, what you should do is sit around your house <laughs> and not, you know, get out of town. Yeah. But sure. Um, and Homer, you know, is sitting there eating a pretzel as... Uh, uh, Marge starts to, you know, sweat because they're they're waiting to die basically at this point. And yeah. there's a knock at the door. <gasps> Who's at the door? That's yeah, just Abe. And he's like, I had that dream again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought maybe the turtle stole his teeth, but but no, that already happened last episode. Uh, Homer says, oh, thank God it's only grandpa. And he shuts the door. And there's an, immediately another knock at the door. Homer's like, says, now what? And this time it's Fat Tony. He's there. And Fat Tony apologizes for being late. And he's like, and he asked for the money. And Marge's like, no, you're not getting any of it. Yeah. And Fat Tony says, I must insist because his wife has been vocal about the pretzel money. Where's the pretzel money? When are you going to get the pretzel money? 
Why aren't you getting the pretzel money now? No, he never and adds so pretzel on. in front of money. Oh, he doesn't? No. Oh, that's right. He's like, where's the money? And when are you going to get the money? And why aren't you getting the money now? And so on. <laughs> are you sure he doesn't say pretzel? Yes. I feel like he said pretzel. Might have to go back and watch that. Um, and Fat Tony asks for the money again, and Homer steps in and says, you heard her. She said no. And then Fat Tony tells Legs and Louie to advance on them. And Homer and Marge, um, but before they can attack, they are stopped by the Investorettes. Because, obviously, the mob took out the Investorettes at the docks. And Helen says uh, they beat them uh, at the mobile food game. But uh, says that one they won up Marge again by bringing the Yakuza. Maybe you've heard of them. The Japanese Mafia. I don't know I how... Don't know. Here's the thing. Marge didn't hire the fucking mob in the first place. No, no, no. But because... The they think they're uh, one-upping her, but she really didn't even do anything. She had no idea what was going on. Well, they don't know that. You think you think Helen Lovejoy thinks that Homer is smart enough to get the mob involved? Okay, but but would Helen Lovejoy really think Marge would be vindictive <laughs> enough to get the mob involved? Eh, maybe. No. They no. did kick her out of the investorettes. No. No. But no. Uh, I love Agnes. She's like, they'll kill you five times before you hit the ground. That's a lot of times uh, to die before hitting the ground. Yeah, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. So, now we get Fat Tony's Mob versus <laughs> the Yakuza. And so, you know, they start fight. fighting. This is a really yeah. good fight. It's great. Fat Tony choking people. One of the Yakuza just kicking people. And Marge success suggests they go inside. But Homer, like... He's like, oh, but that, that that little guy hasn't done anything yet. Yes. And you know he's going to do something good. <laughs> and so Marge is like, no. And he, she pulls Homer inside. And of course, right as the door closes, you hear the little guy do something cool. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't get to see it. <laughs> and so now Homer and Marge sit at the kitchen table. while you can see like the little guy in the background do like flips and shit. And they're fighting in the yep. background. Yeah, um, through the kitchen window, and Homer asks Marge if she hates him because every time he tries to help, he fails miserably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marge doesn't hate Homer for failing; she loves him for trying. Eh, like, well, no, if you try and fail, depending, like, if you lost all my money, uh, you'd be dead to me. It was only five hundred bucks. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. So Lisa and Bart wake up and they're like, "What's going on outside?" And Marge's like, "It's just a mob war. Go back to bed." And you kind of see like Bart get like a smile on his face because he wants to watch it. <laughs> yep. And so the little guy is then thrown through the Simpsons kitchen window, and he's like, "I beg a for forgiveness," and he runs out the back door and runs back out. And that's yep. how the episode so ends. So before you before you before we continue, this actual final scene, the mob war, was actually conceived by Matt Groening as no one else could come up with a logical ending. <laughs> yeah, what is a lo- yeah? There's just no logical way to end this episode. Yep. 
So, so, so Matt, Groening, Matt Groening stepped in and was like, all right, I got you guys. I created um, the Simpsons. Yeah, so, you know, it's an okay episode. Um, there's some flaws. There's some funny stuff. It seems a little disjointed to me. Um, I'm going to go for mm, sprinkles. It's got some good parts. It just, I don't know. There's like, the ending is kind of weird because they didn't really end it well. Uh, just some like I don't know. Yeah, four mm, sprinkles. Yeah, I'm I'm I I can't do four. I'm gonna do three. Don't have a cow man. I it's just middle of the road for me. And it's not great. It's not bad. I mean the the mafia taking over and uh, destroying Han Moldman's hot dog cart. That was pretty good. Um, I don't clear. I I just don't like the free pretzel giveaway. The free, I mean, I know you want to get people to eat your pretzels and, and, you know, typically though, don't you do like a good example, my burger, uh, in yeah. Minneapolis, whenever they open up a new franchise location, they yeah. always have like VIP event where you come and have free burgers, milkshakes, yada, yada, yada. Now I get Marge is more of a pretzel wagon, but that's okay. You set up let's say outside the baseball stadium. So people are eating them outside or you set up at the power, the power plant would have been a great idea. Oh, come out for your free pretzels sort of thing. Not, I don't, I just don't like the idea of it being like a giveaway at a stadium. Like that just seemed kind of weird to me. And uh, I just don't like Marge not looking at her coupons. Poor, poor business decision. You always say limit one or some sort of stipulation on the coupons. But yeah, middle of the road for me. Not good, not great, not horrible. I'm going to do three. So uh, let's finish it off with our character profile. And this week we have Frank Ormond, God rest his soul, the pretzel man. His occupation, founder of the Pretzel Wagon franchise. Weaknesses for statuettes and bric-a-brac for the front lawn. Uh, Demise. A car accident that also killed the executor of his will. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, pet peeve, millipedes in the pretzel flower. Uh, that's just gross. Yeah. Uh, synonyms for pretzels, not bread, tasty golden brown life preservers. Never heard of that one, but next time I'm at uh, Auntie M, uh, what is it, Auntie Annie's, I'm going to ask for one of those tasty golden brown life preservers. And they're going to look see at what you can... and call you an idiot. Exactly. So uh, you guys can find us uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And now you can listen to your podcast on YouTube Music. We're converting all of our podcast videos that are on YouTube into the podcast format. So you can now listen to those on YouTube. So make sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. Um, you can follow us on social media over at Facebook, the Simpsons did it podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, the Simpsons did it pod. If you'd like to leave us a little bit of feedback, uh, pick up your cell phone, dial 612-584-0986. Listen to our awesome voicemail message and, uh, give us some feedback. What you like, what you don't like, what you want more from us in the future. And, uh, we'll take that under consideration. So until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. And I'm Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.